Hey, y'all. You're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your host, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. Hey, y'all. If you would like to improve the sound quality and visuals for the content that you create, try Boxed Up. They make it real easy for you. You can visit their website at tryboxedup.com or their social medias at tryboxedup. What's popping, y'all? This episode, we will be talking about the 1995 horror comedy, right in time for Halloween, Vampire in Brooklyn. Well, you, well. Remember that little crush I had on Eddie Murphy? It's now gone. Thanks. To oh, really? Because we've done so many films where you were just, you know, it's so, so smitten. <laughs> I think the only time was Boomerang. And that's that's was that. it. Yeah. You sure? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> even now I was like, oh, Eddie Murphy, I never looked at you like this. Ooh. And then now I'm just like, yeah, that's probably why I never looked at him like this. <laughs> <laughs> it was the wigs for me. I couldn't with the wigs. I couldn't. Yes. Because it's Eddie Murphy and he always got to play dress up. Which but, is okay. And the it, wigs yes. for the actual people that he was dressing up with were better. Like uh, Preacher Polly's wig was on point. Why Maximilian <laughs> and Angela Bassett wig, who are the main characters, why was their wig so trash? I don't know. I don't know. And then I thought it was really funny. How did she put her hair in a French roll in, in an hour? By herself. By herself. I was With like... Oh. a different, like, maybe... Because she took the wig off. Maybe the hair was already pressed in a full wrap up under that. Mm. And she just had the wig on. And she top. had... And she just re- French rolled it. Okay. I like the theory. We could stick with it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just had questions, you know, that needed to be answered. But um, hmm. yeah, his little stupid ass accent made me mad. <laughs> this is my heart. This is my stomach. This is my heart. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> made it very clear. <laughs> but the where was okay? But he was supposed to have been from the Caribbean, but his accent wasn't Caribbean. No, it was not. Wasn't he it, from the Bermuda Triangle? The islands within the Bermuda Triangle. So why did he sound how he sounded? Because he struggles with accents. I mean, I feel like this was the case <laughs> in Coming to America. <laughs> that's that. Yeah, that's my theory for that. He just looks at it. I don't understand because he did the 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 white guy so well. He did. Okay, so <laughs> I, now I'm, I'm confused. I'm just maybe he got confused with the accent and it started to sound a little more, a little more like Australian ish, British ish. I don't know what the problem was, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like the contacts. I just, I like the eyes. I but like, like the when eyes. they would do different things, I, I yeah, got it. I got it. <laughs> I feel like I understood what the movie was trying to do the entire time. And it just, it it pained me that, because in normal watching it, I'm like, ha, this movie is hilarious. 
But then watching it for this, I'm like, this really was supposed to be a straight horror movie. Like they really went and got Wes Craven, like who directed um. horror films. And like, I, I get why Wes Craven, why they made that choice and the things that he was able to do with Freddy Krueger and Freddy Krueger Krueger uses a lot of humor. So I was like, okay, I get where they were going. Mm-hmm. Did they arrive is the question. Um, You know, there were moments where I was like, ooh, creepy. Um, but then, (laughs) but then there were other times where I was just like, get on with it already. Like, I don't know. I don't know. To me, it was a comedy that just had gruesome parts. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm glad we agree on that. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely that for sure. I love the cast. I think it was a great group of people. Seeing Silas, or as you call him, Uncle. <laughs> I mean, when they, did they call him Uncle Silas? I just... I don't. Harrison kept calling him Uncle, and so... Yeah, uncle. I don't... <laughs> I didn't see it until I saw the credits, and I was like, oh, that was his name. I was just going to call him Pops, you know? But in, in any movie or any role that he plays in, he has to incorporate bang, bang, bang. So... Of course. I mean... It's his it's his thing, right? But anyway, John Witherspoon, may he rest in peace, uh, was definitely one of my favorite characters because like, how are you conveniently in these places and not get bit? Yo, everything that he said, j- just John Witherspoon is com- comedic genius. He just- is. <laughs> What's wrong, baby? You ate too much pork? Fat pig feet? You ate the bay leaf? <laughs> right. <laughs> Even tapping that top shelf bootay. <laughs> When he was describing the wolf. <laughs> you ever seen some shit flip flop in your face like that? I come to the door. She's a man. Flip flop in your shit. You ever seen a motherfucker flip flop on you and shit like that in your face? You don't crazy to be flipping and shit. <laughs> Why you gotta be like this? He's a All genius, that's why. <laughs> he is. Truly is. I, I absolutely loved him. He was my favorite. And... What's the what's his nephew's name? Um, Julius Jones. Julius Julius Jones. What happened to him? Why are you not in other films? Kadeem Harrison? Are you yeah. are are you like are you being facetious? And like, this? is he is he recent? Has he recently done anything? Like, where he been at? He been on the Disney Channel playing Zendaya Daddy. It's okay, Disney babe. Channel. It's okay, babe. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Oh wow, he has been around. Yeah, forever, girl. Oh, that is a working actor. That's a working actor. Just kidding. <laughs> ah, I apologize, Kadeem Harrison. We here at the DSM Podcast aim to put respect on your name for being Hollywood, black Hollywood gold, sir. And we appreciate all of the things that you've added. <laughs> To, to, to my life, clearly. <laughs> I do I do appreciate him. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I misspoke. I misspoke. But it, I like seeing him in this movie because it was like he was a comic relief, I guess, at times mm-hmm. where it was supposed to be spooky. Why was he going through all those changes like that? I don't. Because he was becoming happens? a ghoul. What the fuck is a ghoul? Ghouls, goblins, you know. And they got undead. Oh, 
So he was like slowly dying, basically. Kind of, but already living dead. So just, you know how like in Thriller and the zombie is coming and his arm just fall off like that. Mm. Okay. All right. So. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. I just didn't understand it. Like the ear, the hand, you know, he was funny with the hand. That shit was hilarious. (laughs) I got it from Bloomingdale's. (laughs) I loved him. He was great. I'm just sad that he was ugly. Yeah, he was hilarious. I'm just (laughs) sad he was like slowly getting uglier and uglier. (laughs) By the minute. His ear fell off. And then the eye. Oh, God. When Alan Payne stepped on it and smushed it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, it was so disgusting. I'm just happy that he he had a a glow up at the end. Oh, yes. Spoiler alert. Brooklyn has a new vampire. His name is Julius Jones. So did he get the accent, too, once he changed into a vampire? I think so because I was like wait is he trying to sound like him ew the accent is in the ring it's in the ring it's in the ring the ring don't know where it's from it don't know where it's from it has no loyalty Mm -hmm. it's fine Mm -hmm. so my favorite character though by far is definitely Preacher Polly Brother Brown was down on Bushwick Avenue with a two (laughs) dollar hole you can push a two dollar hole to the line (laughs) Evil is good. Evil <laughs> is good. <laughs> and ass is good. And if you get your piece of evil ass, oh, evil is good and ass is good. Uh-huh. And if you get your piece of evil ass, whoo! <laughs> <laughs> that now that was yes that had me rolling. Or when he walked into <laughs> he walked in like goddamn. <laughs> no okay that much i i definitely see the struggle of like trying to make this a complete horror film because it was the (laughs) foolery like really y'all like i had to go to church be like (laughs) the best part of the whole film (laughs) (laughs) hands down that's like the best scene He's so ridiculous for that. And I didn't even for I, I was like, okay, I have to remember this is an Eddie Murphy mo- uh, movie. Mm-hmm. So when the, when he was playing the Italian man, I was like, <laughs> Eddie plays so much. Why he had to be him too? <laughs> Why? You beast fucked up, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and then he shot the cat like. Why you gotta shoot the cat? And the cat was was like limp. It wasn't even stiff. So it's like, why the cat look like this? The jokes. I have so many jokes. <laughs> if, they, if they die, don't they? Rigor Mortis stiff? doesn't set in right away. You go limp first. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. I just be thinking when when animals die, they automatically get stiff. So <laughs> they gotta be dead a while for that. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> So I guess along, separate from the wigs, but in line with the wigs, how was Eddie Murphy's mustache nappy 
but his beard was permed. Questions that need answers. Jesus. Set design didn't, they didn't want to match it. I just, I was, I was confused. <laughs> Let me see a pitch. Ooh, you right. She, <laughs> you right, you right. Eddie, you just, you know. Okay, so speaking of questions that need answers, before we get into diagnosis, I have questions that need answers. So the power, no, we're saying the accent lives in the ring. But with Julius turning into a vampire at the end because he had already been exposed as a ghoul during, he can't then make other vampires though right because that was the whole plot of the movie was that maximilian needed rita in order to carry on the race of vampires they they're they're propositioning that vampires are a race and not a club is what dr zako said so Mm. if if max needed rita for them to make vampire babies and carry on the race kadeem harrison but come in a vampire so once he died, that's it, right? Eesh. Like he can make ghouls, but can he uh-huh. make other uh, vampires? Because then what the point? Well, the point I, of thought, movie? I thought when you got bit, you become a vampire. But uh-uh. Didn't nobody become a vampire. But Rita. Right. Because she was half vampire. Because she's half vampire. And she had to say, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but so once Kadeem Harris uh, once Julius Jones mm-hmm. he can make ghouls but he can't make vampires I think that would be correct I don't okay. know we gotta ask the listeners hey listeners phone in <laughs> I'm doing it again no um, but yeah I think that's a real interesting point I know. I don't know okay <laughs> maybe I need Dr. Zako's big book of secrets for real <laughs> For real, we do. He just that. kept in the back of the cl- of the reggae club. So confused, <laughs> but you know, you got to get your hustle on. You know what I'm saying? Hey, like hey. a club in the front, doctor's mm-hmm. office in the back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Speak easy, like you know. I very, really like it. Very, very. It's what you it's know? giving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You would never know he was a whole witch doctor whole time. I love it. Despite the, the snakes at the bar, because I don't know about that one. Yeah. Safe. Like that was really random. I mean, I get it, but he was behind the glass, but then the glass had a big old crack in it. So there's that. <laughs> yes, again. Why? And then you just apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me get my snake and get up out here. My like venomous it. poisonous snake. <laughs> like- and let me put him in a Ciroc <laughs> bottle until I get off. Like, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? What do you, you do? Put the poisonous snake until you your put him, is You over. put them in a basket. You close the lid. Put something on top of it. He won't get out again. God's okay, because he, he got out of glass. Okay. He was like, poof. I'm breaking out this bitch. But he won't be able to get out that basket. I'm telling you. No. Not unless you got that little flute. Wow. I think that's a whole different culture. But okay. I mean, again, why is he working with a snake? Like what what is it? The venom? Or maybe Dr. Zeko needed it for some of his potions. For his potion. 
You're right. Because or whatever it is that doctors mm-hmm. ain't gonna do, because we don't really know. All he did was come have a shank in his cane. That was cool. Okay. I love that it was an unk. All right. <laughs> I love it. I want one. <laughs> I think it's necessary. Okay. I think it's very I think every witch doctor should have one. Just like it. Okay. And you know I'm working on becoming a witch doctor. Yeah, so I'm gonna get one. We've established that, but you haven't taken any classes. So I you slacking in your in your in your witching. I am. I'm just really good at <laughs> potions. Really good at making alcoholic potions. <laughs> so I think what you're trying to be is a bartender, ma'am. <laughs> do not belittle what I'm trying to do here. So you're trying to be Dr. Zako. Basically, you try to have the bar in the front. <laughs> That's what I can respect the hustle. Yes. All right, change my name. Dr. Zako. good bar in the front. And then, hey, you know, you do hey. your, your witching in the back. Here we go. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm definitely watching this movie again for Halloween. Like, it's definitely going to be <laughs> one of those Halloween movies for me now. Thank you for putting this out here for me i've never seen it so are you serious wow yeah I'm, like, I'm just so happy that the show is able to bring all of these these classics and iconic cinematographic opportunities to you <laughs> yes i've been missing out like what was my childhood basically Ugh, it's sad. i ask that question regularly but then i remind myself it ain't none of my damn business and so i just suggest the films as they come <laughs> no she did oh <laughs> <laughs> I feel judged. It's not fine. at all. I'm, I'm respecting the boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> Anywho, let's get into these diagnoses. So, listeners, I would like to uh, just inform you guys that apparently we mm. angered Max or Show Julius um, in Show talking me. about their wigs and their inability to carry on the race of vampirism because we're having extreme technical difficulties that are completely <laughs> unexplainable other than us being haunted by their presence. <laughs> I have to 100% agree. Like, I was like, <laughs> as soon as it happened, I was like, it's Max. <laughs> and literally, we're texting each other, and we say it at the same time. It's Max. <laughs> we know. We know. Hi, Max. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. But get ready, Max, because I'm about to go in on you, bro. <laughs> Ooh, it's about to be diagnosing time. <laughs> so, um, how do you diagnose a vampire? How do, how, how do I work? So... There was lots of, I guess, hints almost to mental health in this film with Nikki quoting Freud and saying that, you know, Freud would say, if you left something this important, you must really not want to leave. I said, and- okay, you better know it. <laughs> but Freud, of all of, all of them, <laughs> Yeah. And then Max describing his process of becoming, uh, taking on human form, despite the messiness that is the mental state and inner workings of human beings. The things that, you know, which would be the things that I assume separate us from the <laughs> the supernatural. And so it was quite easy because this fool was nothing, nothing short of a narcissist. I definitely diagnosed him with, <laughs> with narcissistic personality disorder. I know. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Okay. Tell me more. I'm ready yes. To hear and it. so for those, um, we, 
we do give this diagnosis a lot, but it makes for great film and television. I'm sorry, it does. So I will go through the criteria and highlight the way that uh, Max basically was a fuckboy who had narcissistic personality disorder. So having... (laughs) (laughs) I knew he was going to say something about fuckboy because he definitely had fuckboy tendencies. Uh, I'll get into that in a second. (laughs) Let me hear it, sis. Let me hear it. So that grandiose sense of self-importance. He felt that his vampire race okay so here's where i kind of was like i kind of get it it is you know darwinism survival of the fittest where you are trying to perpetuate your existence carry on the species and so that self-importance of i need to continue to exist and so i can destroy rita's world in order to make that happen um yeah but you know whatevs okay we'll keep going um preoccupied with uh fantasies of unlimited power and here also ideal love because rita had to give himself to me she would not be able to resist me she would be drawn like a moth to a flame Mm. Mm. i can't (laughs) (laughs) believes that he or she is special and can only be understood by or associate with other high status people such as Rita, when Julius was trying to tell him, like, hey, we could go, I could go get you some hoes. You looking for hoes? And he was like, no, I do not want your hoes. <laughs> There's only one like her in the world. <laughs> I don't want your hoes. <laughs> Why did you just say that? I don't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Requires excessive admiration. Yeah. I mean, he fully made Julius a ghoul just to serve him. That was like, again, what was his purpose here? I just like, you just made this man die low key to continue to say, why? You're evil. Because of his sense of entitlement. That is another criteria point for narcissistic personality disorder. (laughs) As well as being interpersonally exploitive, which he was of Julius, as well as Mm -hmm. Uncle Silas, because he was just living up at Uncle Silas' spot rent free. Well, he did give him that, them. Mm-hmm. shillings for his troubles uh, right <laughs> where was he gonna cash that in though i don't i don't know what he was gonna do Look, okay that. <laughs> that that check cashing place right up the street was definitely gonna do it they was gonna they took <clears throat> they was gonna take them coins okay <clears throat> bid it but like this is real cool i'm gonna give you some money <laughs> oh okay and then you know his overall lack of empathy where he was unwilling to recognize or even identify with the feelings of those and the needs of others they, they did not matter. They were obstacles in his way of him continuing the vampire race. <sighs> All right. You're right. Max, die. <laughs> just die. die. Just die. <laughs> you know, I had this strange feeling. I don't know if I do this like with a lot of movies. I think I do it with other movies too, where I like the villain and I want mm-hmm. the, the villain to get what they want. So I actually was disappointed he died. I was, I felt like that was one of the things that kept the movie from being a genuine horror film and it being a comedy. Like, even if you look at the way that we are introduced to the characters, mm-hmm. we fully are engrossed in the world of Julius and Uncle Silas. We mm-hmm. learn the inner workings. The first voice that we hear is that of Max's. Yes. We, Follow yeah. him with trying to uh, make Julius's ghoul and see all of that outline before we even see Rita's face. Right. Right. So it we're was forced like, to align with Max. Right. Like, Rita, just do it, damn it. <laughs> Bitch, become a fucking vampire. What you doing? Do this. Shit. 
<laughs> like, duh. And then I was like, wait, but he definitely killed her roommate. <laughs> he he fucked her roommate first, made yeah. her feel that that uh, the man who she was interested in did it. Right. And recreated her paintings. Girl. And he he purposely, he even said, I have to take everything away from her. Right. And her job. In she order for her to come it. to me. Yes. And, and, and Julius was like, yeah, you fuck with her brain. I like it. I like it. And all of that is part of the is traits of narcissistic relationship Absolutely. cycles. There is that cycle that happens where it's the calm, where you feel like, oh, this is a safe place. Like, oh, oh my mm-hmm. goodness, you are mm-hmm. not chaotic like the world that I'm used to. And then there's the, the the adoration, the idealization phase where they're like, oh, here's all these compliments. Here's all these great gestures of love and the love <laughs> bombing that happens. And it's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know my favorite pasta, you know my favorite wine. And even though I was held right? up when I shared this information an hour ago, I oh can't God. connect those stats, but I'm a police And officer. then also, like, if I was held up, am I going to go have a dinner with somebody? I mean, maybe. Immediately that, like, afterwards. Immediately. But there is the calm that was put there first to make it feel safe. So if after you go through that chaotic situation, you may be seeking a place of calm, a place of solace, something that feels peaceful. And so then after you get all of that, you feel all loved on and safe and it's all this love is unlike any other. Then boom, here comes the control and the abuse. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Here comes the boom. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) It can help it. And all of that rage. (laughs) (laughs) Did I do that? I did it. (laughs) <laughs> the stuff that he was saying to her was like, oh, my goodness, this feels like a narcissistic relationship. I gave you what you asked for, Rita. I've given you the he gift did. of life. I will perish without you. Like, I'm going to die without you. Mm. Like, when, if it, listeners, if anyone, male, female, non-binary, gender, non-confirming, yes, that you are in a relationship with, says, I will perish without you. Run. <laughs> Run <laughs> the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, get out and of then he was like, go back to your shoebox. Oh, was it a shoebox when you Woo. was fucking Nikki? <laughs> go back to your church. Where <laughs> go back to your job where they laughed at you behind your back. Mm. You have no place. You have no place but to go but to me. Mm. Your you father know, sent me to you. Like he went, he took mm. her vulnerabilities and used them against her. Just digging it in there. Oof. That was yes. ugly. It was. And that's like the truest form. If anyone needs to know what gaslighting looks like, mm. just watch, Mm-mm-mm. just watch Max in this. Like the gaslighting. The oh. gaslighting is so real. You fucked Nikki and made her think that mm-hmm. Justice was doing it. And and that literally his the whole description of what he did to break her down basically is gaslighting. <laughs> like <laughs> he basically wanted to gain power and control. Mm-hmm. And which he did because mm-hmm. he fucked up her whole reality. Mm-hmm. Like and had she, her thinking that she was crazy. Right. But also she but then I think that she also felt like she was crazy before Max even got into the picture because she there was that conversation like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm OK. Like, especially when her what's his name again? Her partner, Justice, Justice, Detective Justice 
when he would, you know, ask her if she's okay. And, you know, it kind of implies that the, there were some other issues that she had prior to I this. mean, well, her mom just died in an insane asylum. That was like, that was like um, a recent event that happened. I thought, I thought it happened. was like some months ago or like a year ago or something like that. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah. That, that I mean, even, even if it was a couple of years ago, that still would impact it's my still, life. Right. So. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's a huge loss, right? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't understand like what, I wanted to know more of why people felt like she was crazy. Like, was she hearing Max this whole time type thing? It, she never felt like the certain things where she was saying that like she never felt that she fit, fit in. She always knew that she was different, but couldn't really mm. explain why. So there were just always certain inklings of certain things. But she also, because I guess um, with her being part vampire, she she mixed with vampire. <laughs> yeah, that's why she got that good hair. <laughs> no, that was weird. Um, <laughs> but she was naturally a night person. But you're naturally a night person, but you're also a police officer. So that means like there's some sleep deprivation that could be yeah. potentially happening for your human side. That's where you're not getting all of the things that you need to be physically and mentally coherent throughout your regular day. Right. So that'll throw anybody off. Right. Like yeah. not not having good sleep will make you feel like you're losing your mind for real. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> when I don't get my sleep, I am a terrible person. <laughs> I want to just... I'm like Craig the first time he smoked. You hear that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> the dog ashtray is looking at me and shit. Stuff is weird. It is weird. It's like, uh-uh. You I a can't. funny looking motherfucker. Yeah, I am weird <laughs> when I don't sleep. <laughs> if I am tired, I am goofy. <laughs> Ooh, for reals. And I get itchy. I just be like... Me too! I <laughs> <laughs> start scratching. What is that? Please. Me too. Please, Please, somebody tell me. I thought it was just me. I feel so so, so so validated knowing that it's not just me. Okay, it's a regular symptom. All right. Thank goodness. I'm sleepy. (laughs) Like, why scratch? (laughs) I don't know. I'm sleepy. (laughs) And it's insatiable. Like, I can scratch it, but it's still itchy. (laughs) Yeah. My aunt told me, you just tied. Go to bed. Okay. She was right. She was right. She was right. I went Auntie ready to be sleep. Knowing. Okay. Auntie be knowing. But speaking but, of yes. Rita, go ahead. I, I didn't give her a particular diagnosis because, okay, so when she described hearing voices, I was like, oh shit. But <laughs> I was like, that's the cultural part that we have to take into consideration, especially if there's like gifts and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So what where, where are you with that? With her exactly gift. the same space and so that okay. is why i only gave her a v code with of uh rather religious and spiritual problem or religious slash spiritual problem and it seems like she was contacting who she thought to be the accurate authority in that to help her solve that issue by going to preacher polish just that that bothered know, me max got to him first but <laughs> that that bothered me so okay i'm gonna get on my soapbox <laughs> all right so mm-hmm. I understand that the church is a safe place for many people, especially when they start to feel feelings like, you know, sadness, concern and, you know, issues in their life are starting to have a real big impact on them. But I also feel like this is why we don't engage or acknowledge mental health because we just we we go straight to spiritual 
you know, let's go to our church leader. And I love that. And I, and I want counselors and therapists to integrate, you know, spirituality into their practice because it's so important for Black people to have that space, to be able to, to say, you know what, I'm going to go to my preacher. Actually, I need to go to my therapist and talk about this because I don't feel like sometimes preachers or ministers have the the skill set and the sensitivity to really recognize when there's a, a, a real mental health issue rather than saying, just pray about it. That's my thought. I'll step down now. I feel that it is, it, it needs to happen. There needs to be that rule out. It needs to be if this culturally, if this spiritually is where you go first, there's nothing wrong with it. I think the real onus here is on those clergy members to be cognizant of, okay, if this is something where I've gave, we've used all of the spiritual tools, we've done all of the things and they are saying like, there's a little bit more to this or <laughs> maybe you could go to see this licensed professional as well as coming to me so we can hit mm -hmm. it on both fronts and we can see exactly what's going on because regardless of whether or not it is a spiritual issue or not there are still things that would that mental health providers can provide you that will be beneficial even if it is a spiritual aspect you still need to learn how to cope mm -hmm. with that yes. that is still something that can cause you and interrupt your day if you don't know how to navigate your gift if you don't know how to tap in and use that you mm -hmm. still need to be able to handle certain things as well as you need to heal yourself so that you can accurately tap into your gifts or if there mm -hmm. is a message or something that is trying to be that is trying to communicate with you in that way. So I think it can be an and also not an either or. I think that um, it is the responsibility of the black church to begin to welcome in mental health a little bit more. But I also yes. don't feel I also understand their apprehension on doing that because there have been generations long-standing years of mental health being used as a tool to continue to oppress Black people. And so I understand the church's position and wanting to protect their people. So I get that piece too. I just feel like it is... Um, it's time that we can do a little, just a little bit due diligence on both ends where both the the professionals can reach out to clergy members and mm -hmm. let them know these are the services that I offer. This is what I do. This is, I want to respect you, your community, your parishioners, your, our people, our community as a whole. These are things that are important to me so that pastors and bishops, priests, whoever, clergy people in general can have those people as resources, mm -hmm. but also that clergy people can seek out as well um, and refer people to potentially people that they feel comfortable with and feel mm -hmm. safe and know that they aren't victimizing their people who are coming to them, who are seeking them in a moment of vulnerability uh, when they're sending them out into the world either. So I think it's a, I think we as both, both as healers need to work better together mm -hmm. and it's not the fault of the people who are seeking help for which one oh, they yeah. go to. Yeah. I think we just got to do better with working together and co coupling the two, like you said, mm -hmm. so that um, we can work in alignment with each other as opposed to pray it away. And if that don't work, then you ain't your faith ain't strong enough right. or just yeah. different things like that. Or it's just solely a mental health issue and we're not taking into consideration spirituality at all because both mm -hmm. of those are detrimental and unhealthy. Absolutely. I think that we just got to do all do come better. together, work together. Yeah.
Yeah, do better. It's fine. You know, <laughs> just say it. But do better. Shit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, like Big Mama said it's soulful. food. We got to be that mighty fist. Mighty fist. <laughs> That's right. You know what I'm saying? Get all of us in there. You got you get get well rounded in that fist <laughs> to fight mental that, health. Yes, yes. What she said. <laughs> <laughs> However, I am uh, still mad at Rita all throughout the movie. Can you imagine being justice and you think it's about to go down and y'all passionately making out and then someone just says Girl. Ah! and runs through the street like she right. did as Tina Turner running away from Ike like it was the exact same run. The exact same. <laughs> At, at a moment, I actually thought the music was also the same, too. I was like, are they playing with me? Is this the same music that they had? And was this that is to not do how it? a crazy person runs through the street. <laughs> Where are you going, girl? <laughs> She's like, no. And I'm like, that was really confusing for him and me. Because like, right? what are you right? doing? That's, yeah. There's other ways to express no longer giving consent than to- <laughs> no. But and she looked in the mirror, she's fading, and, and when she said, No. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if that would be my response. I'd be like, wait, wait, look, look, look at this. Look, look at this. Do you see this? You see me? I'm here, right? <laughs> I don't think I'd just start running away. <laughs> but she knew what the hell was going on. She knew she had to get up out of there for she ate justice. But Girl. like there were Just other things, yourself. even at the beginning of the movie. So you are going to a crime scene. You're investigating. You're mm-hmm. by yourself. You see a coffin. You <laughs> open said coffin and you see you. <laughs> are you going to touch you? Yes. Yes. I'm not I touching will. me. I'm not. I, if I open the coffin and I see me, I'm closing the coffin. I, I would. I would definitely. <laughs> you know, because I need to be this next victim. I okay. would. I would. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I would. Um, yeah. Joke. <laughs> but we're on the same page. Okay. All right. <laughs> she was doing things that you don't do. in a, Like that part, it was a horror movie. Because I was like, no, bitch, stop. Why? Huh. <laughs> True. <laughs> run, girl. Run. Like. Yeah, there were some moments, especially when she was running away from Max and he came with the girl like, you can't run away from your hunger. You're right, Max. I can't run away from my hunger. That's why I'm hangry. (laughs) I'm a good... I'm here every Sunday. Every other. We drop bi-weekly listeners. (laughs) You're right. There was like, okay, so you didn't, you didn't, you whole got your chain snatched. Didn't even feel it. It wasn't even slick. You were a New Yorker. You didn't feel when your chain, like you he didn't unhook it. He didn't, he didn't unclasp it and it was re- like, j- remove it gently. He snatched your chain and you didn't feel that. Like she was, she was so enamored. Entranced. Entranced. Like, oh yes, take my chain. <laughs> like. Did you notice that there was like this little print on her chest, a cross on her chest? Did you see that? Mm-hmm. When did that happen? Good question. Questions that need, I'm sick of it. Questions that need answers. What was that supposed <laughs> to be? And if she's a vampire. It was the imprint of the of the necklace that she wore 
So it was the exact same size and shape of the cross that she had on. And so I guess because she was half half vampire, it started to burn her skin. This is dumb. I want my money back. But didn't he snatch it off before he bit her? He did. I said, "Mm -hmm." I said what I said. I want my money back. I want my money back. (laughs) (laughs) I I refuse, though, to, 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 to speak. Poorly upon this film, though, like Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a twelve. I, I remember <gasps> now. That, now you, you just you're gone too far there. Like, you're gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, too much. Okay, like, is this gonna? Okay, mm-hmm. is this gonna be like a staple in my home now? You said you're watching it every yes. Halloween. Okay, yeah, it is. You know, yeah. I mean, I added with Tales from the Crypt now. You know. Like, that'll be my thing. Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Keep the comedy, you know, horror genre together. (laughs) But I could see why some people wouldn't wouldn't like it because are there such things as having a a comedy horror? Hocus Pocus. Was Hocus Pocus a horror? I don't know. Okay. I mean, well, Freddy Krueger cracked the mad jokes. He did. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think they are mad. Yeah, I think that's what it is. They are mad yeah. that their horror films aren't as funny as ours. Yeah. Hey, that's hate. people. That's what it is. That's, see, we on the same page. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think that any acting in any horror movie sucks, right? So, I'm just <laughs> These are great actors and actresses. And they they did good. They did, they I did mean, good. literally, it's Angela Bassett. It's Alan Payne. Okay. It's Eddie Murphy. Kadeem Harris. Right. <laughs> Laquita from Martin. <laughs> like, come on now. This was this was great. So I think I think this again is like a staple for maybe maybe black people. For us. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. that's okay though. That's I guess okay. moving moving right along with moving our diagnosis. On. Um, Julius Jones, I gave him anti JJ. Wow. <laughs> you gave him anti what? <laughs> <laughs> Antisocial personality disorder. Uh, all right. He was a career true. criminal. He was a career criminal. <laughs> he sure was. Yep. He said, You a liar, a thief. What else he say? He said something when Max was describing him. He said, that's what I like about you. <laughs> I love her. No, you talk about my brother Miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, he really was trying to get himself out of that. It, w- it wasn't going to happen. And then I'm like, well, did he squeeze his face or what? But how did his blood end up in his mouth? So he he uh, pricked his own finger he and then he, own- dropped, he dropped his blood the how his mouth is open, though. You see this finger with blood coming to you. Why you open your mouth? Why? Be- because you just seen this man murder all these other people. You're going to do whatever it is that he mm-hmm. insinuates you do. And then he he probably would have did what he did later and grabbed his tongue and, and stretched it all away like a foot by the foot. A fruit by the foot. <laughs> a foot by the foot. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. You you got a point. But I'm just saying, you know, that's a little strange. But it's all right. Yeah. 
Okay, so well, antisocial um, personality disorder. Mm-hmm, Julius mm-hmm. Jones uh, displayed the following criteria with his failure to conform to social norms with respect to lawful behaviors, as indicated by repeatedly performing acts that are grounds for arrest. He was a numbers man, like we said, liar, cheat, was running in, uh, dealing with the mob, all those uh, different things. Deceitfulness, as uh, indicated by repeated lying. Just constantly, even his woman wasn't really believing the stuff that he said until Ooh, she, she just got frustrated out. and had to put him out. Damn. Like how lots of people s- snore. Not while they fucking at, I'm like, damn girl, what were you doing? Like ha- what? You put him to sleep? It's that good? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Clearly it wasn't. <laughs> his impulsivity and failure to plan ahead. Reckless disregard for safety of self and others. Like he literally was just falling apart and it was, it was, you know, it was okay. Right. Like, how do you, I think because Julius already, he knew that like in, in, in human form, Julius had those self-esteem. It felt like he wasn't, his, his self-worth was low. And so he was living this life of crime and then turning into a ghoul. He, his self-worth just stayed low as his body continued to deteriorate and fall apart into tiny little pieces. Um, <laughs> but along with that, just uh, consistent irresponsibility and lack of remorse. Yeah. Yeah. Julius, Lord. Oh. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> I think he'll make a great vampire. His prognosis as a vampire. His prognosis as a vampire is great because I did give him a V code of uh, other problems related to employment because mm-hmm. I don't think that he was receiving all of the benefits of being a ghoul um, or any benefits of being a ghoul for that. Right, I was going to say, were there any benefits? I, I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure. But then with him becoming a vampire, I think, I think no, it'll be the one right. benefit, the one benefit was the limo, you know? Yeah. Before he turned. Yeah, I got a It's fine. Like, my whole apartment blew up. It's fine. I have a limo. Like, everything's fine. But he has very good prognosis. Um, I think so, too. Him and Uncle Silas are going to be okay. My only issue and concern with Uncle Silas was that uh, his, I guess, um, incongruent mood. Because at the beginning of the movie, when he was scared and he was freaked out, it was very congruent. It was, you ever see some shit flip flop in your face like this? How a bitch do that in 62? Like, uh, <laughs> Everything you know. was in 62. <laughs> yeah, I used to look like that in 62. Son of a bitch, turn into a man. Get the flip flop shit on me. Just like a whole I knew in Detroit back in 62, 63. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like that, it was very like it made sense. He was very, his reactivity matched the the things that were being, that were going on. But then like Julius's hand just came off in front of him. And uncle was just okay with that. His arm fell off and all he said was, look at this shit. Look right. This. Like you have his arm in your hand. <laughs> like right like you're not freaked out you just saw a vampire just whooping ass like you're not gonna be but okay yeah you right you have a very good point I think maybe at that point he was like you know what I ain't gonna even get this that energy <laughs> he, ch- he chose not he chose peace he was like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know all this shit going on I mean the neighborhood was a little real rough so I mean some things he probably just wasn't <laughs> Man, I, I, I mean, I'm sure he saw some things in 62, too. You right. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> he's like, that's nothing. I saw saw my friend lose his, his whole leg in 62. 
So you know what heroin will do to you. I, so I mean, I'm sure he saw some some things, saw some things as, as well. But you know, that that was my only concern. But I think that the prognosis for Uncle Silas and uh, Julius Jones are, are quite fine. I think they will be able to rule the underworld effectively. I think so. I think now he's he's used to it. He'll be ready. You mm-hmm. know, ligaments mm-hmm. will fall off and shit, but it's fine. That's cool. Do you think that he'll make Uncle a ghoul? Or will he just let Uncle be Uncle? I think he will let Uncle be Uncle. Yeah, I mean, I feel like being making someone a ghoul is low-key. Like, you might as well Punishment, yeah. It's, yeah, like yeah it's like punishment. Yeah, so I don't think he's worthy of that. Like, he never snitched on him, Mm-mm. you know? He, even when they the detective uh, justice came and asked... You know, for information, some some Jones. He was like, "Don't know him, but I did see your partner leave here last Ooh, night." Ooh, shady, <laughs> messy, shady and messy. Okay, so she was bow legged. <laughs> she probably went to go to, uh, get some sleep. Uh, seeing as though she ain't getting nothing last night. <laughs> the shade, child, the shade. <laughs> Lord, I loved it, but. Yeah, I think um, Julius is going to keep him around. Try to, I think he might turn him into a vampire to keep him. I don't know, but he did say that his meat grew a whole lot. That was one of the perks of being a vampire. Uh, I mean, you heard how Nikki was screaming and hooping and hollering. <laughs> she oh, was having Nikki. a good time. Oh, yeah, oh, poor Nikki. Nikki. I mean, I, I was thinking about diagnosing her with um, histrionic personality disorder, but I felt like we can't just be throwing that diagnosis out just to hoes all the time. You know what I mean? Um, that, and we only saw her for like one night. Maybe it was just she was just wanting to be a hoe that one night. And it just killed her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that definitely sucked. Like, damn. She's like, you want to come up for some refreshments? That's 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 just not safe. Period. Like you not, just met you this just man on the street out, and you not right. the boots. You I didn't even come out work. for this man. You came out for a different man and you let this man in your house. Right. Yeah. And like the way he was like, take a cold shower. Like, oof, damn girl, did you just get burned? <laughs> right. <laughs> mm, how that happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Did you diagnose at all um, Detective Justice? No, because he was so cute and handsome. Ew. What? I'm sorry. I, everyone loves Alan Payne and I do not see it. Maybe it's just because huh? I'm light bright. I don't like other light oh. brights. I think that's what it is. Because, Maybe. ugh. I love Ugh. him. Him handsome. Never. Even as, even from Jason's lyric, just it never. All of it. By the mm. way, haven't seen that movie either. Oh my dear Lord Jesus. You okay, want to well, coming soon <laughs> on a future episode of Diagnosis Sitcom. <laughs> Diagnosis movies and sitcoms. <laughs> sitcoms and movies. I should know the name of our show. That's it's probably right. important. Okay. But anywho, <laughs> I did not give him a full diagnosis. I did want to, uh, would want to address with him, however, if I was his clinician, because I think that I would probably see him as a result of him being a police officer. You know how they mm-hmm. have to have those regular check-ins to assess mm-hmm. mental health. It's mm-hmm. just this hero complex that is oftentimes common, that we, uh, is often mm-hmm. seen in police officers. Yeah. Uh, just the need to save and the the guilt if yeah. you don't go above and beyond to be the, the one who rescues because after... Yeah. Uh, Rita 
let the man uh, yes. backhand me. I'd have been like, all right, y'all got it. <laughs> Girl. I was just like, why are you so upset that she handled her business? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like when he, he's, you have to be the hero all the time. Like she's an officer. She's a, she's a police officer. Actually, like, she like, and then it's like, y'all were being like, held hostage and there were innocent right. people there. So, and that that's, and that was a really, yeah. Like that was a really convenient time for you to now tell me that you care about me so much. Listen, woman, I'm the man and I've got something to say. <laughs> Yeah, like that wasn't gonna work. Justice. What the heck? So I if that was me, I'd be like, you need to work on this masculinity thing you got going on here. Okay. It's like it just sounds like uh uh Justice didn't know how to express himself. Uh yeah. it sounds like he he was very much so aware of these feelings. He had fully identified and accepted accepted them, just didn't know how to communicate that because and he constantly was be, being given these mixed messages because he told yeah. her, I care more than I'm supposed to. But yeah. because Max was there hating as the Italian man, he mm-hmm. you beast fuck Nikki. Yeah. And then he uh-huh. got so he was vulnerable and open and then he got punched in the face in front of everyone in the unit. Mm. Damn. So he just he didn't feel like it was a safe place in order for him to express himself. So I guess he felt that maybe this acts of service would prove and show where his level of admiration for Rita and care was for her. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, also save the world because we would be running rampant with vampires. Had he not, had he not you know, and then <laughs> the way he was fighting. <laughs> You mean I the do. way his stunt double was fighting? Because that's oh. damn sure it won't him. <laughs> okay. When he landed with that kick, I said, ooh, that was good. That was a nice follow-up. <laughs> you didn't take him out, though. Like, I don't understand why he was, like, really trying to fight Max. And then what happened to the silver bullet? Like, why couldn't he just get a bullet? Bang. You know? Done. Because do regular guns shoot silver bullets? You got to get a special gun. Yeah, Maybe his, his police-issued gun didn't didn't shoot silver bullets. Right. And I mean, he had the knife. He thought he was doing the thing. It's just, this is my heart. This is my stomach. Stomach, my heart. And, you know, yeah. so Rita had to do it. As she did it went in the damn restaurant. She had to save she the day. She had, damn, again. Wow. Black women have to save the world. Like, at this point, it it's just is what us. it is. Sometimes. Please get out of our way and just allow us to save the world because clearly that's what we do. Right. Shit. You know, I mean, clearly that's what everybody expects us to do. And then, you know, just, you know, just thrive as superheroes all the damn time. Like we don't get tired and burnt out and shit and need support. I mean, thank you, Justice, for like your support. You was trying to be there. It's we just tried. it would be nice when we save in the world if you didn't give us shit for saving it. OK, like, why are you giving me a hard time? I just saved your life. Twice. Yeah, we appreciate you being there, but like, just be nicer about it next time. You know, we love y'all. <laughs> oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> just a trophy. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but I think they're. I think Rita and Justice have a good prognosis as well. My only concern is y'all can't be on the same unit anymore. This is inappropriate. Yeah, y'all definitely should not be partners anymore. Whenever oh. Rita comes back from her suspension, I. I'm also wondered about if their children will be baby vampires. Like, cause they like one third. I mean, they're going to be mixed still. I mean, I'm, I'm one third native and look how bright I am. So then, so them yeah. being one third vampire could very much. And then Julius, it should be a 
part two because then Julius will come back for those children because he need them to stay alive. That's Ooh. nasty. I hope he come a real long time. Like he still shouldn't come now. How many years has it been? He still need to wait like another seven years for them kids to be grown. Do we know? And he could just turn them into, into full vampires as kids. Them people have to submit to him. Remember, they got to say yes, yes, yes. I don't think they can't give consent. <laughs> <laughs> we going too deep. <laughs> we play too I much. Need closure for my stories. Things have to make sense. <laughs> it has to come together. <laughs> Listen, I was just out here trying to think creatively and like make another part two of me because it's been this long since coming to America. We might as well do do all the movies. Shit. <laughs> Vampire. I think we good. I, nah. <laughs> Okay. Mm. You know, Par- Paramount was with that play. What's that streaming now? Maybe they moved to Atlanta. Vampire in Atlanta. Love it. Vampire in Chicago. We got, got places. We got places to choose from. Okay. Also, going back, like, why didn't they use garlic? Because Julius wasn't just trying to hurt him. He was trying to kill him. Kill him dead. Yeah, you're right. I still would have rubbed it off. What? Some garlic just to be yeah, sure, probably. you know, yeah, make it burn. Garlic necklace, something, something Slap them you know what with I'm it. Something. Shit. You just fighting and you ain't got no none of the tools you need. It was dumb, but it is what it is, you know. I don't know how to kill a vampire, to be quite honest. So if one roll up on me, I'ma just start praying because that's all I know what to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's say the, the Lord's prayer. <laughs> She started. She just didn't she finish did. in the graveyard. <laughs> I was like, she passed out. right. I was like, damn man. She's like, help me, help me. <laughs> it is not a temptation. No. <clears throat> and he came and picked her up. See, because she didn't finish the prayer. You gotta pray. Yeah, pray. I think the. I think that's the moral of this episode, guys. Is 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 prayer and your therapist. Talk to your therapist and talk to preacher Polly. <laughs> Find you a preacher, Polly. Okay, because you need good. both. You need both in your life in order to face face this mm-hmm. crazy world we live in. Yes. Yeah. Because, like it. Hammer said, you got to pray to make it through the day. I'm mad they have Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> that's the, see, that's the comic, the comic, the comedy layer that we need. And then why was he naked in his car? Okay. I, again, I'm not going to ask all these questions. With sand, perfectly covered. Why he got to be like that? Why? Eddie, that's how he travel. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, you just want... He he knew he was fine back there. He was like, I, I need a shot of my body in this. I need to get my abs. You know what I'm saying? Maybe Eddie, Eddie was right. in the gym. He was feeling himself. Shoal was, okay? Ain't no other reason for him to be naked in that casket like that. I mean, I sleep naked, but you know, did we well, have then boom, there you go. Maybe he just liked to sleep naked. What was saying? It's a coffin. You Hate don't it. know. Maybe sand Hate makes it. adds to the comfortability. There's no memory foam in coffins. You need <laughs> sand. You're dumb. Help me call worse by better. <laughs> and so. If you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our Cash App. Now, we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles. We'd rather the kind that folds. 
As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the BSM Podcast, and you can su- subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Merch is available on the website. And until next time, y'all, peace. Okay, bye, you cinephile.